0: the lord amen (laughs) how is everyone on this beautiful sunday morning wow what a beautiful week yes very crisp sunday morning but we're so blessed and really before i get into the word this morning i just want to we want to celebrate something and and we're going to be celebrating this for a while i I want them to um, be able to to put and give God glory in their own words. But Emily and Fell, we just found out a few weeks ago, but she was out of town last week. And we didn't want to spoil the news before they got back. But they are expecting. <clears throat> they're a lot more excited than you're acting right now. But uh, they are so blessed. They—they I think Emily and Fell just left. I, I know they're outside, but they're, they're here. But uh, we're just so blessed, and we want to celebrate that with them. I tell you, it's church growth. Somebody say amen. So you moms and dads need to get busy out there. If you're married, we want good news this year, amen? (laughs) I didn't hear a lot of amens on that, but we'll just trust God. Praise the Lord. Uh, Today, sometimes when you say you're wrapping up a series, everybody's like, praise the Lord. Ready to move on. But we've been, when we started in the fall, we we started a series, A New Season of Grace. Um, We know that God never changes, but his mercies are new every morning. We know that God never changes, but it's somehow we just get a, a fresh glimpse of him every day that blows our minds away. So when I say a new season of grace, it's not that we're just moving into fall. As quickly we'll be moving into winter, and then quickly we'll be moving into spring. And as quickly as, how many remember 2020 like it was just a blur? That's what 2021 will be like. So we're moving to this new season, being reminded of what God is really trying to do, not, not just in us, but through us, through us individually, but as a local church, as the body of Christ locally and the body of Christ globally. So what has that been looking like? And you know, we know that our... Our mission statement is that every generation would experience the transforming power of Jesus Christ, of God, moving of his Holy Spirit. We know that that's just a constant move in our lives. You never stop growing in him, but we believe that transformation can take place, amen? Amen. So we, we said, what does transformation look like? And over the last many weeks, we've, we've basically broken it down, and this is not, this is not just specifically about us or for us, many churches are wording it differently. But here's here's what I think transformation can look like for us. First of all, people are saved. People are healed, set free. Now, let me just break those down very quickly. I'm not going to take too long because we're on the last Sunday, and I do have a lot of material to cover. Um, We know what, what it is to mean to be saved. We cannot save ourselves. But what does it mean to be healed? Is it just I've got a broken arm and I need to be healed? Well, we have the miracle of medicine. We have many things that we can apply. You know, if I have a cold, I can pray, but I also know that I could take a Alka-Seltzer Plus cold medicine. I'm not trying to be facetious. I'm just saying um, what what could healing mean? Well, it could be physically healing. It's a work of God. But how about emotionally? How about How about relationally? How about your heart issues? I wonder how many of us were crushed um, maybe last month or last year or when you were children. And there's this stuff that's just continually broken. There's healing. God can heal. I promise you. So it's saved. It's being healed. It's being set free. We sang about that this morning. But sometimes when healing can't take place, and let me just say this, hurt people hurt people. So if things aren't being dealt with, you might try to do good, and I'm not saying God can't use you, but I promise you when God is using you, if you're not constantly yielding to him, your brokenness, you will hurt people. Okay, now speaking from experience, by the way, because uh, I'm, I'm not going to tell you a lot of stories, but I, I promise you, even doing, you can do the right thing the wrong way. You can speak truth, but not in love, right? So I'm saying, so when that happens, it's usually out of our brokenness that we haven't yielded. And I'm, I'm just telling you, the Holy Spirit, he loves to mend lives. And so it's a powerful thing to understand that there's saving power of grace, there's healing, there's being set free, but then there's also being discipled, and that's just learning how to follow Christ. It's just, it's not rocket science. Uh, Jonathan Edwards, the, the initiator and the, the gentleman who launched the Methodist movement. That, the reason we know it as the Methodist movement is it was a method. It was a simple method. And what was that? He would get small groups together. And if you surrendered your life to Christ, here's what we're going to do. Now, works do not earn your salvation, but when you get saved, he would put you in a small group and expected things to happen. It's not a part of my outline this morning, but he would get you in a small group and say, okay, we're not going to fight anymore. No more violence. Now, that's a pretty odd thing to have to share with the church in a small group. Okay, guys, we're meeting tonight, but no more violence. Okay, we're not going to be violent. We're going to be good. No more drunkenness. I mean, he, he had a list, and if you read it in today's terms, it almost sounds like oh, legalism. That's just like the church, a, a bunch of don'ts. No, what he was saying is, when you give your life to Jesus, being a disciple means you choose to do things because it's moving you toward Christ. And more importantly, when it's moving you toward Christ, the world is seeing you move toward Christ. Not toward legalism. Not, not toward following rules. It's just, I have to make a change. Now, do I sometimes say, well, Lord, if you really want me to change, here I am. Okay, Lord, I'm getting ready to do it. So if you want me to change, I know you'll you'll shut that door. But here I go. No, sometimes the Lord is just saying, follow me, not that. And now I have to make a decision. I'm not going there. I'm going here. All right? I'm not preaching about discipleship. I'm just trying to make things sort of elementary. Okay, so then we're equipped. We talked about that. We talked about what it meant to be empowered. And all these things are great subject matter, but mean nothing unless we're living it. It's great sermon material, but who cares if we're not equipped and we're not empowered? And then lastly, serving. Now, let me begin the rest of this message by saying this is not a recruiting message for the volunteer department. Everyone in this room should be serving. Everyone watching should be serving. Anyone who watches this recording 20 years from now, you're desperate, <laughs> but you should be serving. Every everyone in this room, and I'm not. This is not about guilt, but if you're here this morning, you should be serving. If you've given your life to Christ, sitting in the congregation is one small part we play in corporate worship. But your lives should be lived as servants unto God. So what what does this mean this morning then, this aspect of being a servant, serving? Ephesians chapter 2, and I'm reading several passages this morning, but just so just work with me. It's on the screen it'll be difficult to follow in your bibles or on your laptop cuz I'm going to move to several of them pretty quickly. But Ephesians chapter 2 says this, starting at verse 1. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind and were by nature, children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God. But God being rich in mercy because of the great love which, which he loves us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised up with him and seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kingdom uh, and kindness Toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Listen, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, here's what he's quickly saying in this passage, and we're going to move forward pretty quickly. We sang about it this morning. He's saying, this is how you used to live, but through Jesus Christ you have a future. You have a future, and if you can imagine that that your future's already been initiated, what he's wanting us to understand that he gives grace to us, immeasurable grace, that even while we're here, we understand that we were created to do good works even while we're here. Now, what does it mean to be doing good works, serving him? serving him, not just in our worship. That's obviously an act of worship. In your jobs, in your families. We're going to talk more about that in a moment. But that's why he wants you to understand, and we've been doing this series. That's why you were saved, healed, set free, discipled, equipped, empowered, so you can serve. You weren't just saved to be able to sit back and relax and wait for Jesus. He has a purpose for your life. He has a plan for your life. He's got plans that you can't even imagine. Some of you have already experienced what that looks like when maybe years ago you heard someone say that and you thought, well, not me, but now you can look back 10 years and you would have never believed you are where you are right now because God's plan was at work in your life and you could not even comprehend it. That's why it's not a good idea when you say things like, I just don't believe that God could use me. He can, but, but worse yet, don't ever say never. I will never move there. Be careful. I will never do that. All right, full confession. When my wife and I were married almost 41 years ago, um, We moved to uh, Cleveland, Tennessee, and because we had so much family here. Now, listen, we love family, but we had a lot of family here. As soon as we left the city limits, we said, we will never (laughs) live there. We'll visit maybe a few days for Christmas. We'll visit a few weeks in the summer. And how many know, come on, you don't have to raise your hands on this one, but you know You don't even need a few weeks. You only need a couple of days. And you're ready for the visit to be over sometime, right? Now, that being said, we said for many years we will never. Well, here we are. We've been here. This is the longest place we've ever lived. We've been here almost 20 years. Now, I'm saying that because God has a plan for you, and fighting it makes no sense. God wants to use you for His service. But the, the Bible even goes deeper. Listen to what he says in Second <clears throat> Timothy, our Psalm 139, "I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works." Now now what are we getting to here? This is describing who we are in Christ. You see, for us to really understand how we need to be serving is we need a revelation of who we are in Christ. We need to be reminded of who we really are in Christ. Yes, we're saved. Yes, we're healed. Yes, we're set free. But as we follow him, you're being equipped. You're being empowered. Why? Because he's got a plan for your life. And it may seem simple at times, but he does have a plan for your life. 2 Corinthians tells us in chapter 5, a familiar passage, but listen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. He made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Now, now what is this passage simply saying? I'm trying to make this simple. I'm not going word by word on these passages. We are new creations. We're not the old man. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. But we're not just a new creation. We're a new creation that's equipped, prepared, empowered for his purpose. And that word reconciliation, I love it. Certainly here, it means a couple different things, but it means right standing. So when he says, through Jesus Christ, we've been put back in right standing with God, it meant we were out of place with God. And that through Jesus Christ, now we can be reconciled. That means we can get along. When you're reconciled with someone, you've put all your differences aside. How did God put all of our differences aside? Through the blood of Jesus Christ. And it says, we have been reconciled. There's another definition of the word reconcile that they use in finances, and it simply means this. The debt is dealt with. The, the debt, the balances on the checkbook, dealt with. Now, if you looked at my spiritual checkbook before I met Jesus, I was in debt. Anybody know what kiting checks is? Good. That's a good thing. But tiding checks is when you're writing checks you know are bad. But you're you're hanging them out there long enough that you're hoping to make a deposit before everything hits. And you're making deposits in one bank, writing checks to another bank, and if you can keep it all moving around, oh, come on now. We think we can live our lives spiritually like that and that everything, but what did God do? Through Jesus Christ. Because, see, I didn't have enough to fill my spiritual account. There's no way I could have kept the the checks moving fast enough to ever come close to balancing that account. So what did God do? He reconciled. Now, here's here's what I love about this passage. Then he makes us, he gives us the ministry of reconciliation. What does that mean? And I know some will use this for leadership because he calls us ambassadors and it speaks to those who are in leadership ambassadors senior leaders elders if you will but i believe god is also simply just speaking to us as believers when he says listen here's the ministry of reconciliation when you are following me you're showing that i can change life because you are a disciple of christ and your life has been changed and you become the light of the world now suddenly people want to know who are you you've changed something's different. Doesn't mean you're not perfect. Doesn't mean you might not make mistakes. Listen, the hardest place for this to live, are you ready, is at home. It's great to be beautiful one hour a day, right? It's great to treat people nice one hour a day, you know. If all we did is go to lunch and treat people nice, being a Christian would be easy, but you have to go home. And you have to live with the same people day after day. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying people get to see you like no one else does. Can I get an amen? They get to see the good, the bad, the ugly. All right? So then what happens? You say, yes, Lord, I'm following you. I want to bless my family. I want to be a blessing. And then you mess up, and there was like some blessing. Well, if we're not careful, we give up trying to be a blessing. No, he is saying, we have been given this ministry of reconciliation. Why? Not because you're perfect, but because of Jesus Christ. And we're constantly drawing and being following, uh, drawn to follow after him. That, that There's a wake in our lives that takes place, and people can't help but be drawn in. It'll happen. We reconcile. We make their standing, not that we make their standing right with Christ, but when they make the Christ in us, he makes their standing right. So we, we, this is all about serving now. That makes sense? It's all about, because it's all about how we live, what we do. In him we live and move and have our being. <clears throat> he also tells us in 2 Timothy, he who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. So it's not, it's not our works that saves us. It's not our works necessarily that are important, but it is his purpose. See, the smallest thing that you do for his purpose is huge. You can do great things, but if it's not for his purposes, they're just things. You, you know, we can build towers. We can build skyscrapers. We can send people to space. And all that is great and all that's wonderful technology. But can I tell you, in the grand scheme of things, it is nothing unless it is his purpose. It means nothing. Who cares about going to space if you don't know where you're going for eternity? Right? Now, what does the Bible tell us in 1 Peter? The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled, be sober-minded. in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. So here's what he's saying. And I I know I'm just throwing a lot of scripture out there real quick. And I'm going to hit on a few things here in just a minute. We're new creations, right? Through Jesus we're made right. We have a message of Jesus Christ to make the world right. It's good news. I talked about this briefly last week, but if good news is really good news, we would act like it's good news. It's when we don't even act like it's good news, but we're trying to tell people it's good news. It doesn't make sense. What shouldn't make sense is the change in our lives. They need to look at us and say, my goodness, how are they so different? Well, I've got good news. It's Jesus. But, Pastor, I I just constantly fail. Nobody said you wouldn't. Relax. That's why we need each other. That's why we all have to be serving. One of the benefits of serving is, as we'll see in a moment, when you're the body of Christ, you need each other. There are no lone rangers in the kingdom. We all need each other. And see, if, if I'm needing you and you're needing me, and you're living in a way that you should not be living. It's not that I'm the police. I'm not pastor morality. It's more of coming alongside and saying, Anthony, um, what's going on, man? You know, There's something, I, I can tell something is wrong. What's going on? Well, you know, I'm doing this, this, and this. Well, let's don't do that anymore because we're trying to move this way and you keep going that way. Okay, now that, that that's not that's not legalism, guys. It's accountability. It's not it's not you know legalism is when we're trying to get you to live by a bunch of rules so you'll be saved. No, um, what we're talking about when we're walking out this Christ in us walk, this us in Christ walk, this transformation that should be taking place, it's. It looks like this occasionally. I get up and love my wife even when I don't want to. I, I get up and I vacuum the floor when I'm told to. Even if I don't want to. That's called grace and brains, Right? Because what, what, you know, and I, I know I said the word love there. It's, it's not, we're just talking about feelings is what we're talking about. And we don't walk by feelings. We walk by faith. Right? There's a, there's a lot of times, you know, true confessions. I, I love God, but there's some Sunday mornings where when I get out of bed, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's Sunday. Hello? Some of you felt like that this morning. That's why I'm so blessed you're here. Thank you for being here. Some of you feel like you did. Right? Now, here's here's what I'm saying. Discipleship is not going to take place in your life based on feelings. I had a young man many, many years ago. Came to me and very sincerely said, Pastor, pray for me to be able to pray. I said, okay, let's pray. I said, now repeat after me. And we prayed. I said, there you go. You just did it. Now go and do likewise. What do you mean I don't feel like it? I said, and there's no feel like it to it. Tomorrow morning when you get up, pray the prayer I just prayed with you. Well, what if I don't feel like it? Pray anyway. But then I'd be a hypocrite. God already knows you're a hypocrite. God God knows if you're sincere or not. What this does, it gets you into a pattern of doing, you know, you you know how you build habits, don't you? You just start doing stuff. And then eventually, you know, you're not going to wake up tomorrow morning, I've been planning on this for about 30 days. I keep telling myself, just get up and do push-ups and some sit-ups. Just start. Just do one and add one every day. Just start with one. Can I be honest with you? I've not started yet. Why? Because I don't feel like it. You never do it because you, f- you know, you don't get up one day and start, you know, I'm going to start a powerful re- regimen of working out for a marathon because I feel like it. No, you have to determine, we'll talk about this in the new year, there's resolve involved. There's something called commitment. There's something called a covenant. Covenant. And as we're walking in this covenant with God, he has covenanted to us, everything. And so when we say we are disciples, I'm following him no matter how I feel. Now, what does that mean? He loves me no matter how he feels. So when I make a mistake, I confess my sin and he is faithful and just to forgive me of my sin and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. That's why living in guilt is not necessary. That's why some of us don't serve. I'm not worthy. you're not. He empowers us. He gives us the strength. Let, let me show you how this plays out like in our everyday life. <clears throat> Some of you have heard me mention this before, but there's something called shape, um, and not what I was just talking about either. But um, several churches use this, but it's, it's sort of a diagram uh, um, for finding your spiritual gifts, your heart, S is for spiritual gifts, H is for your heart, A is for your abilities, P stands for your passions, and E stands for your life experiences. See, when we understand that we're the body of Christ, as we'll get to in a moment, we understand that everyone in here, God's given us a little bit different gifting, all right? Not everybody has all the same gifts, but, but God has also given us different passions and different hearts and ideas for things. God's given everyone in this room different abilities, Everyone in this room has different abilities. You may be good at multiple things, but there's probably one or two things that you're really good at. And I know some of them. I've been eating it all week. Because some of you are incredible. You know what I'm talking about, Rick? <laughs> incredible cooks, right? Now I say that because if we all are good at a couple of things, what are you passionate about? Are you passionate about? a certain group of people? Or are you passionate about aspects of ministry? Are you passionate about certain parts of the world? What are you passionate about? And then look at your life. What kind of life experiences have you had? Anything well, Pastor, You know, what a rough life I had. Write it all down because God's going to use you to help people going through the same experiences. You don't understand, Pastor, you know, I've been abused and I've been broken. I've been abandoned. Write it all down, not to remember the pain, but to see how God has transformed you from the pain and will use you to lead others out of that pain. But see, if we don't intentionally go there to serve, it'll be 2022, then it'll be 2023, and we're wondering why we're just sort of going through the motions. So let, let's look at this for just a minute on this last point, because he tells us <clears throat> to get a revelation of who we are as the local church. Now, what does this mean? Well, we have the local church and the global church, or the universal church, and we're afraid to use that because the universal church means the Catholic church, but God has never intended it for it to be the Catholic church. The body of Christ universally is the global church. But there are some, the reason why I want to emphasize the local church is it's, it's very difficult to be a part of the global church without being connected to a local church. I firmly believe you need to be rooted and grounded in a local setting. Now, I know if, if I met many evangelists, and we've got many here that are teachers, preachers, and they're not here every Sunday. It's not a, I'm not talking about attendance. I'm talking about a place where you're rooted and grounded. People know you. The local church is vital. And and here's what happens when we talk about the local church. Romans 12 says, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. As we through many, one body in Christ, and individually members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving The one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in their exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly love. I'm I'm not amazed, but it's amazing how we miss it, that when all this is continually operating, Paul is simply uh, throwing in there, not by mistake, love. Love one another. Do this in love. Make sure there's love involved. See, that's the one thing that, if we're not careful, becomes legalism. We're just going through the motions. But he says, do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Seek to show hospitality. Now, he lists these several things, not as trying to decide Well, let's see, I think I'm that one. Thank the Lord, I didn't want to have to do that. That's not what he means. He means there's going to be some obvious ways God has gifted you. And sometimes it's not always obvious until you just get in. You know, there's a lot of sports that I used to play when I was younger. And what I found out pretty quickly that the best place for me was on the bench. It didn't take long, in, in organized sports, especially. You know, you not in the backyard, you're the starter every time, as long as there's two of us. And and, but as soon as we organized team sports, all of a sudden you start realizing there's more talent out here than I expected. And so we start going through tryouts, and I realized that the safest place for me was on the bench. Now, what am I what am I saying? Um, sometimes you don't. You don't sit and wait to be the quarterback. You just get in and start playing. Just start playing Well, I'm holding out for the quarterback position. Let's just see if you can run first. Because people are going to try to kill you out there. And if you can't run, let's just go ahead and do that now. Right? Let's get out there and see if you can hand the ball off. Let's see if you can run. Let's see if you can pass. My point is, some of us just need to get involved. Now, what are you trying to say about the local church, pastor? I just put this list together, and I, I, some of us on the screen. Some of it may not be on the screen, but how, how can you get involved? Now, I'm just talking about the local church, and I want to emphasize all of us need to be involved somehow. It may be a, a place where nobody even notices your involvement. It's not about being up front. It's about being the body. But prayer ministries leadership elders leaders in the church river kids you know there's people upstairs with our kids right now and believe me that's the next generation they need to be taught and know who their god is cafe hosts now we got people that help us there but cafe hosts our serve teams creative teams praise teams audio and media um website administration Oh, Pastor, you're just trying to get volunteers for the church. No, I'm trying to get the body to serve. I Listen, there's a lot of things that go, go on just to do Sunday and a few ministries. So, I'm, yes, I'm talking about the local church, but when we get to the global church, you'll see how these four walls are the only thing that define us here. Because when we leave here today, we don't need an usher. There's got to be more to it than just being the usher, which is valuable, by the way. There's REACH, Grace Group Leaders, Grace Group Host, Grace River Academy that starts in January. Um, transportation, you know, we haven't even talked about that, but I'm getting ready to buy a van bus, a 28-passenger van, slash bus, slash I've got to get a CDL, slash yes, I'm the school bus driver for the school. Hello? Hello? <laughs> That's a long business card, folks. Um, but yeah, and I'm already mad because I, uh, from what I understand, Nick can't get his CDL till he's 25. Because that would definitely be a ministry I would just pass off to the associate, but he's not old enough. But, but now listen, I'm very serious. Here's how serious I am about what I know God is leading to us into. I'll even drive a bus. I'll drive those little puppies back and forth a whole semester if I have to. You know why? Because that's going to be 14 families that we're connecting with outside the church that I'm praying will be inside a church. It may be here, but I just want to get them in a church where they're hearing the Word of God. Because what I love about the kids and what we're doing at the daycare and what we'll be doing here. Is pumping those little kids full of Jesus Christ. And I love the stories about when parents show up here and I ask, what brought you here? My son? Well, how did that? He wouldn't shut up. They just, they were at our daycare and they kept coming home every day. Are we ever going to go to church? Please take me to church. Please take me to church. Please take me to church. And they're like, oh my Lord, we must need to be in church. Now, the pastor, isn't that brainwashing? Yes. It's called a renewing of the mind. And if, if we, because we do live in a culture that says, let them decide. And they will by whoever feeds them the stuff first. So it, we're trying to get the word of God in them as quickly as possible. Can I, can I just share something? I know it's 1104, but I'll be done by 12. <clears throat> At our daycare, there was a little three-year-old, three years old. And the administrator was saying, hey, you need to go over to your class and sit down. And this, a three-year-old shot her the I-64 love sign. Okay. He, he, he flipped her off. Okay. Now, um, when they told me that, I was like, is he still alive? Or? What, did, what did you do? And she said, no, I I just, I asked him, where did you even think about doing that? Well, my mom does it all the time. Okay, listen, now listen. Children learn by watching than they do at all by listening. That's why you can tell them all day long what to do, but they're going to do what you do. Now, please, all of us are nervous right now. But here's what I'm saying. Uh, even when we approach the parents about that, the father's in the military, the mother's just like humiliated, but she was like, I am so sorry. I will deal with that. But guess what? We're not trying to embarrass people. Guess what they learned? She can't do that in front of him anyway. <laughs> right? Um, and if they're going to start modeling, they want to model a way that he... Is going to live, and it's already rubbing off on them. Don't tell me we won't have impact. And I'm I'm saying all that, and this is not. Please don't. This is not about me, but I already know who's going to drive the bus. That's why I'm looking for <laughs> somebody with a CDL. In the name of Jesus, over the age of twenty-five, of course. Now, <clears throat> so so what what does this have to do with? with maybe reaching the world around us. Let me, let me tell you what happens because we stand back, even in the local church, but certainly the global, because when we talk about the global aspect, having a revelation of who we are globally, and let me hit this and I'll wrap up. We have multiple ministries that are already here that reach out in the community around us. <clears throat> our, our reach program, John's over that. Where's John? John's back here at the camera. John Brown and John and Robert and several others who are uh, maybe here today, and I, I don't see, I know Ania's not here. But listen, we've been doing this for months now, months and months, just going out into the neighborhood. They've been knocking on doors and just asking the question, what are your greatest needs? You know. Now, I'm all about evangelism, and I know we're getting back to a radical age of evangelism. We need to, but they're not knocking on doors saying, if you were to die tonight, do you know if you would go to heaven or hell? That, that's a valid evangelism breakthrough program. But but they're not doing that because we already know the culture has a little bit of a version of what they believe the church is. So we're trying to get into our communities by saying, what are the needs? And with all the different needs that are coming back, what we realize is the safest thing to do for us right now, before we, as we're continuing to build relationship, has been just walking up and down Linhaven. And cleaning it and when you're driving it at, at, at the speed limit down Lynn Haven you don't think there's any crash but walk it one time you'll be amazed at how much stuff is out there but just those little acts those little and man that the REACH team will come they're gathering again next Saturday on the 10th and they're gonna be gathering and and walking out if you want to join us you can and they're gonna be walking down picking up garbage just to do nothing but be seen in the community, not for we want to show off in the community. No, they're driving too fast to even see your face. But what what it does is it helps us build rapport because at some point we'll be having a cookout. At some point we'll be doing some community um, activities where people can be reached, right? We're just trying to build bridges. But us serving does that. And see, we only want to serve and the action's good. If you don't serve with what you've got right now in your hand, you really won't get a chance to serve when it's time to glow. Now, what do I mean by that? There's plenty of opportunities here to serve outside the four walls. Victoria, would you just raise your hand? Just I don't want to embarrass Victoria, but maybe stand because she's a little shorter than I thought. Uh, that's Victoria. And Victoria, her husband, Andy, thank you, Victoria, um, and I want you to see her after church if you're interested, because over the next several weeks, they've been helping for years now, her and her husband, Andy, because on Thanksgiving, a lot of families have nowhere to go. So they've been working with a place called Buffalo House, and this lady at Buffalo House located in South Norfolk, she, for years, has been just getting people together, cooking turkeys, having food just doing whatever she can to reach the people around her. And I think when they first started, she may have served 15 or 20 people. Last year, she served a 1,000. And so when Andy called and said, hey, listen, here's what we've been doing for the last couple of years. Um, is there any way, you know, the church wants to be a part? I'm like, uh, that's a no-brainer. Because she doesn't just serve everybody on Thanksgiving Day. They start serving people on Monday and Tuesday. Because year-round, this lady has a little ministry set up where all she does is cook and deliver meals to people who are shut in, to people who are homeless, and she just drives around and delivers those meals. Now, why am I saying that? These are just opportunities for us to use our gifts and talents outside the church, even if it's bringing a turkey. Well, pastor, you do know there's a shortage on turkeys right now. Bring a ham. (laughs) This is not hard, all right? Um just get here if you can, right? Bring beans, bring rice, um, bring yourself to help pack the box, whatever. My point is um, there's ways to serve. There's ways to be a part of things uh, just right outside our doors. We're, We're working with a young couple right now that's preparing to go to Hungary, and we're in the process of just helping them prepare themselves because they are going back to Hungary. She was raised there. They're going back to Hungary to do nothing but help start youth ministries in the churches there. So and you say, well, why are we doing that? Because you won't. God's not called you to Hungary, and so we're not trying to force you to go to Hungary, but somebody's got to go, and they are, and we can be a part of it. We have vetted them, and I trust them. They're part of the vanguard ministries that we are a part of, and so we're going to be doing that. Now, now, what does that mean? It means this is just Thanksgiving. This isn't like, well, can I meet next Saturday and get my service out of the way? That's the legalism. Yep, I did that. Whew, don't have to do anything until next week. No, that, that's, that's not relationship. Now, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. But I, I want to close, and we're going to pray in just a moment, and I want to have the praise team come, but let me just share this story. In Exodus chapter 4, Moses sees a burning bush, and as he's approaching the burning bush, he, he realizes that it's the angel of the Lord, and he calls out to Moses, and you know the story. Hasn't removed his shoes, but then he, he tells them, I hear the try, cry of my children, and I'm going to send you. I have called you, and I'm going to send you. I want you to hear this one more time. He doesn't just call you to save you. He is sending you. There's a purpose. And and I thank God there are ways for us to get involved in things here on Sunday. But listen, that's just so we will have corporate worship where people can experience the presence and the power of God and hear the word. But all this is preparing us to be what God has called us to be outside the four walls of this church. And so as Moses was standing there, <clears throat> God said, I'm going to send you. Now, we know the rest of the story. Um, Moses starts coming up with excuses. That sounds like us. And he has questions like, well, who, you know, who, who am I going to tell them that have sent me? And he just goes down this litany of questions. But there's two, there's two things that God does that I think speaks to us this morning. First of all, God says, Moses, what's that in your hand? You want to know how I'm going to use you? You're afraid of all these things. You don't think I've got a plan. You don't think you have the ability. What's that in your hand? It was a staff. He said, throw it on the ground. And you did. And he became a snake. And God was just showing him that that ordinary thing in your hand, God can turn it into anything, scary or good. But he obeyed God. And then God said, pick it up. Now there's another. That's a whole other challenge, right? Um, but then God, you know, we passed by this one pretty quickly. He said, Now put your hand in your in your cloak. And he did. He put his hand in his cloak and he said, Now pull it out. And we did, it was leprous. Covered in leprosy. He said, Now put it back. He put it back, brought it out, healed. Now the reason I'm sharing that with you. Is if you fast forward to Exodus 14, Moses is standing at the Red Sea. Now, we've already just jumped through a ton of miracles, right? But, but here's what happens. We sometimes want to go ahead and fast forward to chapter 14 in our lives. Because what is God saying to him? He's saying, God, you got us in a pickle here. We're at a dead end. There's no hope. I got a lot of people complaining in, in Egypt is right there. And God basically says, I want you to lift up your staff and raise your hand and part the Red Sea. He didn't say, I'm going to part the Red Sea and then you're going to praise me. He said, I want you to lift up what I originally told you to throw down and what you originally realized was over unless I spoke life back into it. And he, he just simply says now that thing that you thought was ordinary, what's that in your hand? Isn't ordinary anymore. It's parting red seas. Now, I, now here's how I want us to close this service because I think it's very important. God is already using some of you in powerful ways. Listen, I understand that. I understand that there are many of you sitting in this room, you don't realize how God is using you already. You don't realize how Every day when you speak, some of you are teachers, some of you are pastors, some of you are student, your student leaders, some of you work in the work environment and you're leading and teaching people, you don't realize the impact you already have, but you still feel like it's a nothing. Uh, you, you need to understand there are, there are ways that God wants to use you that are going to lead people through things they never imagined. But what's the first thing? Not, not, man, I can't wait for that. Boy, I'm going to part a Red Sea one day. No, that's not what it's about. It's about are you willing to take the ordinary thing and surrender it? I can't wait to do great things for God. That's fine. But are you willing to take the ordinary things and trust him? Trust him. Uh, what that looks like for you, I don't know. And I'm not going to mention any names because I don't want to embarrass anyone. But I know for some of you in the leadership positions you're already in, sometimes it's just being willing to stop. And you do this already. Most of you I know personally, I know uh, the humbleness that you walk in. But you're willing to stop and just talk to that person who would never get spoken to by somebody in your position. But you're willing to listen to them. How's your day? What's going on? Even though I know a lot of times you even feel, man, I'm so broken inside right now. I'm exhausted. I can't even breathe. How are you doing, man? What's going on? Why? Because you're a servant. God's using to be a servant. Um, Maybe maybe you're here this morning and it's, you know, serving seems a thing that that you're just, all right, where do I sign up? You know, we'll have opportunities for us to quote unquote sign up, but I want you to start envisioning, envisioning what service looks like from the standpoint of it's my life. This is my life. Now, what are some opportunities? Put that last list up there uh, real quick if we have it. What are some opportunities just that we can practice today? Don't have it? All right, praise the Lord. (laughs) I'll make one up here. Ready? Um, Write a letter to someone. How is that service? Uh, Write a letter, just tell them how awesome they are. Give someone a phone call. Well, I'm more into texting. Get over it. Texts don't send the right emotions. If you text someone, hey, I hope you have a great day, what are they trying to say? <laughs> you don't get it, right? Write someone a letter. Give someone a phone call just to say, I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. And if that's all it is, just let them know you want to just pray with them and, and bless them that day. Maybe, maybe God's laid something on your heart already or, or just maybe you'll be at the grocery store in a couple days and somebody will be in the line and you'll realize it's a few dollars short. Give them a few dollars. Go ahead and pay for the person behind you without them knowing. I don't know how you do that, but just give the person extra money and say, put this toward the person behind me." Blow somebody's mind. They don't need to know your name. Just serve. Just bless somebody. Um, there's something about being a blessing that when you start giving like that, the idea of us having to get something disappears. Because listen, if, if I'm honest, I'm a getter. That's who I really am. My flesh wants. I want to get mine. I want to get something. What do I get in return? You know, Lord, if I sow this seed, do I get? No, if you surrender to him, you're blessed. You don't get a blessing, you give a blessing. There's a lot that we can do. Uh, I want to encourage you also, and I know this might be the kind of material you're taking notes on, but if there's a good place to start, here's the best place to start, at home. Don't not serve at home and be great serving somewhere else. It won't mean anything. They may think you're great, but nobody at home will. Start serving at home. Um, Love the unlovable, even if they're at home. Do good to those that curse you, even if they're at home. In in other words, put it into practice. Serve. Am I making any sense? It got real quiet in here. But I know that once you leave the home environment and you're you're starting to serve, it looks like a lot of different things. It might just be be nice to people. Open doors for people. Let people know that you care about them. And, And if the opportunity hits, tell your story about how God is working in your life. Now, I'm saying that because the world doesn't care about how we worship in here. They only know how we shine out there. How do you shine? It's how you live. It's how we walk this out. And if we're serious about it, it's not that we're pretending to be perfect. We're walking it out the best we can, empowered and gifted by the Holy Spirit. So what, what would that look like for you? I don't know. I mean, we're all going to smile and hug each other before we leave, right? But, but once we get home, what does it look like? One, once we get back to the workplace tomorrow. Uh, uh, again, I'm not calling names, and I'm taking way too much time. I'm going to close, I promise. But I know some of you in the workplace have more influence than you'll ever know. Keep on doing it. Man, it's just getting old. Keep on doing it. Keep planting that seed. You'll never, you won't believe what a smile will do. I hate masks. Now, I'm not the anti-mask pastor, but you can't see people smile. I, I, I walked around the whole time I had masks on when people talking to me. I would like stick out my tongue while you're talking to them because, you know, you can't they can't see you. And I was like, I wonder if I could do this and get away with it. And you can because nobody can see you. Here's what I do know. Without a mask on, if you smile at someone, they will smile back. Even. If somebody looks mean and upset about something, just walk by. Just smile at them. I promise you, they'll they'll smile at you just because they think you're crazy. Brighten some. I'm not just trying to make this a motivational thing. I'm trying to get you to understand when you are saved, healed, set free, following Jesus Christ, empowered and equipped, you're ready to serve. You're ready to be a changer in the culture. That culture begins to see lives that have been transformed because we're living it out. And that is contagious. Let's stand. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, as we as we just prepare to respond to your word this morning, Lord, it's not even about a specific sign-up list or, or making sure we get involved in different things. It's not about getting busy, it's becoming effective. It's not about more activity. It's just living it. God, help us to understand that that you have called us to this purpose. You have given this in us and through us. Not to be an activity, (laughs) but to be a life that gives life, that speaks life. God, in this very room, help us to understand that when we have conversations this week, we need to make sure, God, that we're, that we're speaking of what can be in that person's life. There can be healing. There can be restoration. Yes, it's broken. Yes, life looks terrible. But there is a hope, and his name is Jesus. And they may not believe us because we know how to quote every scripture, but they, they start to believe us because they see us living it every day. And even if we fall, we get up. And even if we make a mistake, we stand up and say, I'm sorry. Let's keep walking. Lord, I pray that we understand that it's not just on Sundays that we speak life into each other. But it's every day. And just like Moses, Lord, as we stand sometimes in fear, as we stand sometimes even in awe, we can't even imagine you using us at home at work, at school, wherever. We can't imagine because maybe, Father, we failed. Maybe, Father, we've just messed up. But, God, let us hear you this morning once again as you say, what's that in your hand? Surrender it. Give it to me, and I will use you in ways you cannot comprehend. So, Lord, we do that right now. Help us, Father, to understand that even if we don't understand all the dynamics of how you want to use us to serve, if we just simply start where we are, start walking it out, you open doors that no man can open and close doors that no man can close, and we just live a life of getting incredible experience and leading people to you. In Jesus' name. And here's what I want us to do real quick. I, <clears throat> I know the time is late. But we're going to sing this song. And this is not a strong-arm tactic. I just want to challenge you. <clears throat> if you know that God is calling you to something or you feel that God is speaking to you in this message, I just want you to maybe, as we sing this song, come down and lay that gift. It might be something... That you just think is not very important. You know, I, I just do this. What you just do is going to change lives. So whatever, whatever it is, you may already know that what you do carries incredible weight. That's okay, surrender that to him also. I just want us as we're singing this song, I give myself away to come and give yourself away. Just figuratively lay it at the feet of Jesus and just worship and we'll close. Amen? Let's sing. I give
1: myself away I give myself away so you can use me I give myself self-aware is not my own to you I belong I give myself I give myself to
0: and I just want us to continue to pray. Maybe you just want to sit down and pray after this dismissed is totally up to you. But listen, I know God is speaking to us. The Holy Spirit has wonderful ways of speaking to us. Don't, don't let any moment pass you by to serve. This is not a strong arm for what needs to happen on Sundays, but whether it's at work tomorrow, whether this afternoon, tonight, whatever it may be, don't let an opportunity pass. Now, we're moving into Thanksgiving. This is going to be easy. We're moving into Christmas. It's going to be easy. But what about those things when they don't agree with you? Serve anyway. Amen. God, in the name of Jesus Christ, continue to speak to us. Lord, even as we leave this place today, Father, let us us just love one another. But, Lord, as we go our separate ways, just help us to be keenly aware. Help us to hear the whisper of your voice. Lord, even for some of us, that, that conversation we've been having with you and wrestling through, Lord, I, I don't know if today maybe have been a confirmation to move or to stay, but, Lord, whatever the situation is, God, I pray that you just help us to listen to you and obey. Our life to you is a life of service. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. I love you. See you in grace groups tonight if you're there. If not, we'll see you next Sunday.